If you're thinking about starting a new business, you don't want to miss this. If you have an idea for a great product, you don't want to miss this. Listen to incredible stories from entrepreneurs, innovators, creators, self-made, movers and shakers, and learn how they did it on my show, How I Made It in America. Hey, 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 what's up, guys? What's going on? This is Fraser Phrase with the phrase that pays for months and for days. You're listening to How I Made It in America. Now, today I have a very special guest on the show, my very first show, and this is what we call the American dream. I want you, I'm going to paint a picture for you guys. Just imagine if you were five years old and you're carrying buckets of gallons of water up up to three miles worth of, of, of hill. You are Your house is made out of cardboard and zinc and anything that they can find, and then you get a chance to come to the United States and become the number one interior designer in the world from Dominican Republic. I'm talking about no one other than my best friend, my girl, Rosalba. How are you doing, Rosalba? Hey, Fraser. Thank you so much for having me here today and you know allowing me to share my journey. Absolutely. So look, just before we get into the story, you know, when I think of an interior design, I think it's like, okay, I can throw some paint on the wall, I can move a couch around, stick a TV in the corner, and I'm, a, I'm an interior designer. Is that how it works? How does it work? So that's a um, misconception. So <laughs> a lot of people think that interior design is more like decorating, which you do not need a degree. You can basically wake up any day, any morning, and just decide, you know, I, I'm good with colors. I'm good with um, design. I want to be a decorator. Um, anyone can do that. You don't need to be registered. Um, but to be an interior designer, that requires training. Um, it requires a college degree. I went for four years bachelor's degree, but there are some associate's degree, which is a two-year program. And once you become a designer, um, you have your degree, then you can get certified with the state that you are uh, okay. living in. All right, before we get into how it works, I want to kind of go back to your, you know, your story of how you were as a child coming up. So can you tell us about where you're from and kind of your upbringing? So I am from the Dominican Republic. So yeah. hey, shout out to all my Dominicans out there. Dominicans um, in the building. Working hard. Um, yeah, so I was born in Santo Domingo, which is the capital of Dominican Republic. Okay. And my parents were from a very small um, countryside area called Yamasa. Some Dominicans might know what that is. Um, they, you know, once they got married, they moved to the Santo Domingo, and I grew up in, you know, in that area. And, yeah, there was a lot of uh, interesting um, things that we experienced. So in, so tell me about how you, about the water and the electricity and the refrigerator. And um, so sometimes people think that, you know, I'm old when I say like, yeah, we had no electricity and we had, you know, we had to carry water, but this is actually still going on today. Okay. So a lot of parts of, of you know, in Dominican Republic, there is no uh, ongoing electricity. It will come and go. And, mm. and by, what I mean by that is that you may have it a couple of days, um, you, you may have it for a couple of days, or some days you won't have electricity. Mm. Same thing with water. We're running water. So when I grew up, it was even worse. Uh, we had to basically carry water for uh, drinking. And, and, how, and how old were you at the time when you started carrying water? So they train you, you know, since you're four, wow. five years old, they basically have you start carrying one gallon or, you know, something that you can manage. And then as you get older, you carry two gallons or three or four, and wow. you kind of work your way up. So you worked your way up to what, five gallons? So I, I think I got up to like three. <laughs> and you were at five? <laughs> well, yeah, up to, I, when I was 11, I came to New York. So okay. that, that was my, my the end of my water carrying career yeah All right, so and, and your mom so tell me about your mom uh, my mom is said you know she's an amazing woman mm. she never got the chance to go to school um, or she did up to like fifth grade so you know 
And uh, she did many things to try to stay in school, even volunteering to be a maid without getting paid, just wow. so she can be close to a school. Okay. And was when that wasn't manageable because they will basically work her all day, and she really couldn't make it to school because of all the uh, chores that she had to do. Right. Then her next option was to basically get married because that, that's sort of the next best thing when you don't have access to education and mm. you don't have access to uh, financial help with, right. from your family. So that's when she met my dad and she was 17. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So tell me about your, 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 your living space where you lived. Describe the house for me if you don't mind. So my mom... Um, <laughs> She grew up in, in more like the cardboard, the tint, you know, the dirt floor. So I and, I and my grandmother was living there when I was growing up. So we got to see that a lot. We got to spend time with my grandmother in her house uh, in the countryside. When my parents got married, um, they were still young, but they were able to to build a like a wood, you know, wood and tint roof. Mm-hmm. So it was basically a little step up from what my grandmother had. Um, okay. It was still, you know, water was still come through the tin roof. I was going to say that it, it was still leaking? Yeah, water was still leaking through. We had a dirt floor for many years until my dad, my parents were able to afford, you know, concrete floors. Right, right, um, right, right. And yeah, but it was, that was a step up. So we, we had the nice house, which was still not by no means nice, but. but hey, but it's okay though. <laughs> yeah. So, so you, you now came to the United States. So what, what how old were you and, and how was that experience coming to the United States? Um, so my, um, my, pa- my, my dad was the one that started traveling first. And then uh, a couple of years later, he was able to get my mom and the kids a visa so that we can join him mm-hmm. in, the, in New York City. And when we arrived, they didn't have an apartment to live in. And we were, at the time, we were six kids together. Wow. Uh, my, my mom was, only had three, but my mother was also raising two from my dad's previous marriage. And she was raising her own sister that, that she adopted um, because they lost their mom when they were very young. Okay. Uh, so when we got to New York City, we had to basically split up. Everyone had to stay with a cousin, someone stayed with a friend, and everyone everyone helped out. Like right. the, commu- the Dominican community basically comes together whenever there's a new immigrant joining the country, and they, right. we, you know, they all help out. Until okay. my parents were able to get it their own place. Yeah. Uh, so you came to the U.S. didn't speak the English the not language. at all. And yeah. so how was that? So you came at twelve. 11 or 12? I was eleven. Twelve. Closer, going on twelve. Yeah. Okay. Going on twelve. So that's middle school, right? Yep. How was that? That was uh, <laughs> shocking um, because the you know f- to begin in 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 Dominican Republic we had to wear a uniform right. even though I was in a public um, school they the the way they tried to um, help kids out so that mm-hmm. they don't have to buy clothes and parents mm-hmm. is that they make everyone wear the same thing so we all had to wear a uniform in Dominican Republic so coming to uh, middle school in, in the U S first thing is. You know, you got to keep up with like the trends. Right. You, you know, you're looking at your friends, and one, I don't speak English. Now I got to find out what to wear because. So what, I never what, what were you wearing? Uh, were you wearing sandals in the snow? I mean, I, I don't know. I uh, mean. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so what I was doing, um, I was actually wearing my mom's clothes because I didn't have a lot of clothes myself, and okay. my mom had very little herself. So just to try to make it look like I had more options, I would, and and you know, mind you, I was a lot smaller than my mom. Right. So I will, you know, tuck it in, tie it up, um, wear belts. And when I got to middle school and made some friends, we came up with this great idea that we will um, share clothes. So we will meet in the morning before school began. And if someone had, I remember this is in the 80s, so mind you the color schemes here. <laughs> if someone was wearing green pants, one, someone else had yellow, someone else had red and different right. tops, we would say, okay, I want to wear your red with your, you know, 
black top and right. whatever. So we will mix it up so that it looked like we all had all these different outfits. Right. But it was really just us sharing each other's clothes to make it look like we were we had a wide selection. And that's very smart. It's very creative. Oh, yes. That's, very creative. that's <laughs> yes. an entrepreneur to making right there. Let's just switch up. You wear yellow, I wear green. We'll yeah, switch it yeah. Up. We were so, coming up with color scheme and, and style designs based on what we other, each other had. So how was how was school? I mean, how was the school system? Um, so the, the most shocking part for me was that um, since I came with all my siblings, we were all placed in the same classroom. Uh, and we were in a program called ESL in New York, which mm -hmm. is English as a second language. And it didn't matter your age, it didn't matter your nationality, what language you spoke. Mm -hmm. You were, if you arrived to the U.S., that's where you were placed in, you know, in one in this one classroom. Wow! So I was in there with my, you know, 15-year-old brother, and I'm and I'm 11. Oh, wow. And then I was there with my 13-year-old sister. With my, you know, my brother was around 10 or nine, and so. It was just a big mix, all of us in the same classroom. So you can imagine right. all these kids um, with such a wide range in right. age and even culture because we had Chinese, Indian, you right. know, Koreans, all, all places from Latin America. Right. Uh, and that was sort of culturally very shocking to me. Okay. Yeah. So you got to high school and was it a little different because middle school to high school. So how was that? Um, so my, my, um, when I saw that, when actually the, since that was my biggest impact upon entering school, that everyone was sort of the same, I felt mm. like a cattle. I felt right. like we all were the same. There's no distinction. It doesn't right. matter how smart you are. It doesn't matter what language you speak. And I, so I was seeking at the time a way for me to stand out. I right. wanted to, I wanted to know how I can get out of that, you know, sort of cattle, you know, I don't know how to call it. Like, right, right, right. <laughs> um, where all these people were just going the same way and there was no distinction. So um, my way to get out of that situation was to find a high school that was gonna, that where I would stand out. Where so I could actually... the high school you're going to, what was what was happening in that high school at the time? So our local high school, which is what we would be zoned to go to, mm -hmm. as, as a, you know, many areas in, in the US, uh, was not a good high school. And because we were in a very um, you know, not the best. You place say a little ghetto. You, you, exactly, you yeah, ghetto. a little bit you, ghetto. You like ghetto. every single wall in my middle school was graffiti. Oh wow! You know, every single wall was graffiti. Um, so you can only imagine high school. These are middle school kids doing graffiti. Right. Imagine what high school looked like, right? Right. Um, so the things that I would hear from friends was, you know, girls are getting pregnant young. There's a lot of drugs going around. There are a lot of people dropping out. And so for me, I, I, I didn't want that for myself. Right. I'm like, I, I'm already coming from the Dominican Republic. The last thing I want to do is put myself in, in a worse situation. So what do you do to, to get out um, of that? So to get out of that, I, I went, you know, I, I went to my, you know, counselor mm -hmm. at, the, at the middle school. Right. And I said to her, I explained my, my concern. I said, right. I, I don't want to go to the high school. What can I do? Um, and she basically... She basically said to me that, you know, that those were the rules of, you know, the county. We had to go to the zoning right. high school. And I just pestered her so much. Day after day, I kept coming in. But are you sure? I really, is there any other option? And and finally, she handed over um, this book that had all the all the specialty high schools in your city. And, and you know, you can only imagine that these were high schools that you had to basically be hand-selected right. to attend. Right. And so she gave me the book, but she said to me, this is... These are all very exclusive high schools, and if you get selected, you could attend, but just so you know, your chances are very, very low. You don't speak English, and you just arrived, and right. these are kids that are hand-selected from thousands and thousands of applicants. Right. Um, so that was kind of my, 
I still saw hope, even right. though that's what she said to me. I looked at that book and I saw hope. I'm right. like, I, I'm taking this. You know, right. I took that book home and I started going through it. Right. And so what did you have to do? So you were telling me that um, you had to put together your portfolio. Right. So um, as looking through the book, I, I realized that a lot of the schools were specialized in, you know, academics. Uh, so they were te techn technology, right. uh, high schools or math or science. Right. And I was struggling in those area because I had, I, you know, I was just adapting to the, the culture. The, the culture. Right. So one of the schools that stood out to me was an art uh, based uh, high school and mm. it was a performing arts and also uh, painting okay. and and sculpting and, and all those things and I and I felt like well I, I can I can do this you right, know I can definitely right. fit in right. so I started looking at all the categories and this is the the, the school uh, that fame the movie fame and the musical oh, fame okay was created um, based on so what character played so you so just to give you an idea yeah so just to give you an idea this is the school that I, this is the school that I I looked at which right. is like one of the number one high schools oh so okay okay. Um, and so when that stood out to me, I looked at the different options. Uh, I had no dance background, so that was out of the question. Right. Uh, there was a vocal, you know, I, I, I can't sing, right. so that was out. Um, drama, sort of shy in front of right. camera, so I didn't think that was going to be a good option for me. Instrumental, I have never touched an instrument. Yeah, right. And then the next thing was art. I'm like, how hard can that be? You right. know, I, I can draw. It's not really, but in right. my mind, I'm like, I can definitely figure this art, right. you know, figure this thing about art. And um and that's sort of what I chose to be my uh, what I was gonna apply for to right. be an art major and at so, the school. And so what did you have to do over the summer? So the so in order to um, get selected uh, in that program, I started reading the requirements, and and one of them was to have a portfolio. Mm -hmm. And you know, I it was an English book, so I I'm I'm reading. So mind you, I'm, if you can picture this, I'm reading the book with a dictionary next to it because I'm wow. I'm also trying to translate wow. what these requirements were. Right. And so I find out a portfolio, you know, which I had no idea what it was. It was, I was supposed to be gathering all these drawings right. and, and present all this massive body of work that right. I did not have. Right. So what was in my favor was I still have about a month right. to work on it uh, before the audition. So, um, or the summer months, actually. Right. So it was a couple of months in the summer. And so I worked, uh, I worked the whole entire summer on building this portfolio. Right. And, and I will have my family you know, just post for me, friends that would come over, I would have them post for me. If anything that I found around the house, I would draw. Okay. And yeah, it, it was just a, a great that, experience. That's awesome, that's awesome, right back. We'll be right back guys, hang tight. We are back. So, Rosalba, let's talk about your career now. So, what happened? So, you did college, and after college, what was next? <clears throat> well, from high school, yeah, I went to college, right. and um, I got a full scholarship. So oh, that's that was awesome. awesome so, you, you was, made it into the school. You made it into the program. I made it into the high school program. Okay, and then I um, this awesome that <laughs> I got a full scholarship to go to a private university in okay. New York City. Okay, and I, that's where I majored in interior design. So that's oh, how wow. I interior design became my path. Okay, so you became, an, you did the college thing and you graduated and you said, okay, I'm going to be an interior designer. So what was what was your next move after that? So after that, um, you know, while I was in college, I interned. Mm -hmm. So I got a couple of internships at some local um, mm -hmm. 
architectural firms right. that were in the area. Right. And so once I graduated from college, that was I was already kind of set up to right. you know continue working right. at the firm that I was at, and then one thing led to another and I move on to the you know another company that right. with a better position right. and just got to do better projects and I kept you know just going and so when did you decide to say okay you know what I've worked enough for this company I want to do my own thing um this is my move what happened <clears throat> oh yeah okay well um got married had, had a couple of kids and okay. sort of that was that became a pivoted moment for me because looking at my family I wanted to you know manage my time better. Mm -hmm. And also uh, I started seeing that the things that I was, the ideas that I was bringing to the table at the design firm that I mm -hmm. was working at um, were not pairing with the design style of the company. I was more modern and I was working at this point, in, uh, at this time in Virginia. Okay. So now, you know, coming from New York to Virginia, I'm coming with newer ideas, right. more modern, more contemporary. And right. so Virginia was at that time a bit more traditional, a lot of molding, a lot of, cherry wood right. um and that was not what was happening in new york so i sort of you know felt like i had to go back in time to fit into the mold of the virginia okay. you know um again at that time which was 2005 right and um so th that sort of made me want to you know the fact that i wanted more time at home uh, which by the way did not happen after right. i had a business it became right. i had more work right but it was it was a lot more fun actually um yeah so let me ask you a question so you're, you're doing well for yourself and things are moving for you. What was one of that major, what was that one major obstacle that could have stopped you, but it, it didn't? And what were some of the things you did to overcome that? Um, I think the transition period from having a steady job with a steady income, you know, your 401k plan, everything is sort of set for you mm -hmm. and you just have to show up at work and do your thing and then go home and your paycheck is going to be there. Right. Going from that to the uncertainty of not knowing when the paycheck is gonna come in, when is that client gonna knock on your door? Right. So that I think was really the hardest point for mm -hmm. me uh, in convincing my husband that, you know, I'm gonna make it, you know, because obviously he was rooting for me, but there's also that little fear. Are we gonna have to, you know, are we gonna lose your income? Are right. we gonna have to step down and lose our house? Right. So all those fears come into play when you're transitioning from your your steady job to right. being an entrepreneur. So as an entrepreneur, and, and, and you're now on the business side, not just the, the design side, so what are some of the things that you had to learn as an entrepreneur running your own business? QuickBooks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, you have to learn how to manage the finance side of the business, which right. I was not exposed to before. Right. So as a designer working for a company, I was well equipped to deal with clients, mm -hmm. different clients, different kinds of budgets, different anything related to the project. Right. But when it came to running the actual business behind the scene, they had a whole entire department dedicated to that, which did the bookkeeping, right. the HR, you know, the right. HR. And so I had to learn that. I had to learn how to deal with HR situations, uh, deal with the financial, you know, bookkeeping right. aspect of the business. Right. And that was kind of challenging for me because, you know, I'm a designer. I want to design. I don't want to be like right. figuring out who who owes what and what bills I need to pay, what taxes I need to pay. Right. You know? <laughs> so what's what's your what's your style? I mean, I know everyone has their own style. What's your ideal style? Um, I would like to say that my style is sort of a mixture of different things I've seen in, you know, I, I travel a lot. So in, in addition to having been raised overseas right. and have having lived in the US, I also have traveled to many different countries and okay. I study abroad too, which I didn't mention before. I study right. in, in Europe. Oh wow, okay. While I was in college, I went and did a semester abroad. Oh wow. So 
my style is a mixture of all of that. So I would say it's um, modern, but not cold. It's very warm. It's colorful, mm -hmm. um, but there's a lot of clean lines. And I also like to mix a little bit of industrial mm -hmm. style. So okay. you may find some wood beams, you know, with a very clean background. So it, I mix. You right, know, so kind of eclectic. If if I was to put in one word, <laughs> right. So in, in in the DMV, where can people see some of your work? I know we met at at uh, that location, but can you tell us some of the places that they can um, see some of your work? So I have been doing um, a lot of multifamily in the area, so I'm helping developers basically, mm -hmm. you know, for, take a building from the ground up, so new construction mm -hmm. or remodeling an existing mm -hmm. building that they need to just reface, make it look great, uh, and stay on top with their competitors. And another thing that um, I've done is restaurants in the area as okay. well. So I've done um, Mason Social, which is in Alexandria. They're doing really well, and they have gotten great reviews and great food. So that's a great place to visit. Okay. Um, I, I will say that's probably restaurants is probably a good place because you don't want to go to a, show up in a private someone's home right, <laughs> and knock right, on their door. Right. Um, but uh, uh, and Cedar Restaurant in DC right. is also another. So let me ask you a question. So as as an entrepreneur, what are some of the things? Um, you know, if, if a person wants to go in this particular space, which is the interior design space, what are some of the things they need to be aware of and they need to know? Um, first, there is a lot of training that needs to happen behind the scenes. Um, like I said, you can sort of wake up one day and say, I want to be a decorator. Right. But to be a designer, uh, there's a lot of technicality that goes involved. For mm -hmm. example, I do all the technical drawings in my office, so just like an architect will do the floor plans, right. elevation sections, right. details. Um, I have to research fire rating and codes, local codes, to make sure that uh, the guidelines are, you know, wow. met for the for the county that I'm designing in. Um, handicap accessibility is another big issue. So every because I do commercial and uh, restaurants and places where you're going to have multitude, you know, of people coming in, you have to design so it's accessible for any handicap um, person. So okay. So there's a lot of technical things that go yeah. into it before right. you, you know, the creativity aspect is, is just a small kind of part. Right. But it's also the technical part. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. On every show, we'd like to highlight an entrepreneur that helped pave the way. So this week on How I Made It in America, we'd like to shine the light on... May 17th, 1892 in Cincinnati, Ohio. Jones quit his school in, on the, in the eighth grade for a real job. At 16 years old, he became a journeyman mechanic. At 19, he was promoted to the foreman. He joined the army in 1917 and 1918 and studied electronical wiring. This guy was amazing. This guy was amazing. So if you see these trucks outside that has the ice on top, the refrigerator trucks, this guy, this guy, by the name of Frederick McKenzie Jones, created that product. Awesome. So, guys, look, we are so excited. We are so excited to uh, to have uh, my my friend Razabo on the on the air with me. And and again, you want to follow up by saying some of the things that, as an entrepreneur, that people need to look out for. You want to go ahead and and, and fill it in. Go ahead. Yeah. So besides all the you know sort of technical skills that you need to acquire through mm -hmm. some education, schooling, you also need to learn how to manage your customers. You know, there's, right. there's, 
there's a variety of people out there and you have to learn to listen to their needs because right. just because you have a specific style doesn't mean your client is going to come on and be right. on board with that specific style. So you have to find a way to merge your ideas mm. with your customers also ideas and their needs. Okay. So there's a lot of psychology that goes behind the scene as well when okay. you're meeting your, your clients. So if folks need to find you, where can they find you? So the name of my company is Vidasme, and that's V-I-D-A-Z-M-E. And the reason why um, I'm spelling it is because it's hard. I know it's a difficult name, but it's called Vidasme because I, I like the word vida, which right. is life right. in Spanish. And I like the word bedazzled, sort of impress me, you know. Okay. And I kind of put it together with my little accent, and it was Vidasme. Vidasme, okay. <laughs> and you can find me on Facebook or Instagram. Um, and... Um, LinkedIn. Okay, that's awesome. So, guys, look, I I am so happy that I, I I brought her on because you know, as as a woman, and you may know how this is because you're a woman. I'm not. <laughs> how, di how difficult it is to running your own business and have to deal with you know you're on the side of developers. You're dealing with like men all day long, right? And so you you have to deal with those kind of things. And construction crew. And construction crew. Okay. <laughs> all right. So, um, what's the color for the year? The color for the year. So there's a lot of gold, okay. you know, and emerald green is doing great this okay. year. Okay. Um, gray is still doing, is hot, right. you know, different shades of gray. Um, but I'm sticking to my gold, my gray, um, green, and different shades of blue. Okay. Hey, guys, that's the end of the show. I want to thank everyone for listening. Follow me at Rich Phrase at IG. Phrase of Phrase and How I Made It in America on Facebook. Thank you guys and you have a wonderful day. I'm Phrase of Phrase. This is my moment and I am determined to live it. And right now is the time. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next year. Right now is the time to make it in America.